Hi, everyone. My name is Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm a sports psychologist in Kansas City, and I host the Sports Psychology Hour on 810 WHB every Sunday morning from 7 to 8 a.m. here in Kansas City. It's broadcast nationally, if you listen on the internet, to 810WHB.com. I've been on the radio for 32 years, and I want to welcome you to our live stream event because in, over the past few years, in addition to my radio show, we've launched the Sports Psychology Hour now as a podcast show and now via live stream. And I'd like to invite you to listen to my podcast on my website, which is winnersunlimited.com. Click on the podcast tab. You'll find close to 10 years of podcasts on there. That's winnersunlimited.com. And I've started doing a new series of conversations on Tuesday nights here on Facebook, focusing on coaches and athletes. And I decided to start doing this several months ago to try to give people an understanding what youth sports is about, high school sports is about, the pros and cons, some of the issues that go on, some of the positives, well, a lot of the positives that go on. And tonight, I'm fortunate enough to have a young man by the name of Caleb C. joining us. Caleb, he's got four kids that all play sports. The oldest two are in high school. He's coached all of them, and he's been kind enough to join us tonight to talk about coaching kids and youth sports and where he sees it today. And Caleb, tell everybody where you, where, where you live and, and uh, what, part, what part of the country you're in. I live in central Iowa, about an hour north, kind of northeast of Des Moines. So right in the right in the Midwest, right in the middle of the country there. And so you've got four kids, you said you've coached all of them. And to tell us their ages and what, what sports they've been in. Well, uh, we go to a smaller school. Um, so we have the privilege of playing a sport about every season. And in the state of Iowa, it's the only uh, state in the, in the country that has baseball actually after the school year is completed. So um, you're very capable of playing four sports. So my oldest son, uh, he's a sophomore. Uh, he plays a fall sport um, this year. So he'll be playing football, basketball in the winter, and then the spring runs track. And then in the summer, so just they actually just started about a week and a half ago uh, with baseball practice, and that will go through the end of June, state tournament, early July. Um so there are four seasons there. My daughter, similar, volleyball, basketball, uh, runs track, and then doesn't do a summer sport with the school, but plays AAU basketball. That's uh, her, her uh, top sport and what she likes to do. And then uh, my youngest two, uh, whether it be rec basketball or rec baseball in the summer, they're staying busy. Uh, but my, my one boy's in seventh grade, so he's doing school sports. The other one is doing more rec stuff with the school, and but it's not really school sanctioned. Um, but that's on top of them being able to do. We were at band and choir concerts last night. Um, extracurriculars are just much more acceptable, uh, accessible when you're at a, a smaller school. You can do a lot more things there. So they stay very busy, which means so. So you and your wife, you and your wife, just uh, are constantly on the go. Then aren't you? We are. Yeah. So I do this show to talk about different topics and different issues. And what I want to get into with you tonight, I, I think it's, it's, first of all, I admire you, the fact that you spend so much time with your kids. You really dedicate yourself to them and, and try to help them enjoy sports, obviously, and, and get good at it. But what, what's the benefit that, that you get from doing all that? You, you've coached all of them, but you also watch other people coach. What do you get as a parent? from watching your kids develop and, 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 and obviously I'm assuming enjoy, enjoy competition in sports. Yeah. So there's, there's multiple benefits. I think the benefits that are easy to quantify are when they have success in their sport. 
but the intangible benefits are the ones that you see when actually when your kid struggles. Um, I think the most prevalent example is Bennett is one of my, he's my seventh grader. Um, maybe the most naturally gifted. And like I said, at a small school, he can be a big fish in a small pond, but we put him up in a group of kids that would challenge him more. And I remember those truck rides home where he's like, dad, I feel like I'm the worst player on the team. And I don't say it, but I'm kind of thinking, yeah, you kind of are. Um, but just the growth from that, that he's got to make the, I, he's got to come to the realization that I either got to start working harder to catch up to these kids that are better than I am, or I can kind of sit in my own dirty diaper here and be pouty about it. And we're definitely encouraging them to, Hey, let's grind, let's fight through this and let's keep developing and growing. And, um, it just, it, it, adversity is a great way to see their character develop. And if you, everything's easy, um, I question how much their character is going to grow. So that's why I love athletics because especially baseball is one that's near and dear to my heart is I feel like baseball is a game that set you up to fail. You're going to get out a lot and you got to learn to deal with it. Um, it just has a different mentality than I coach basketball. It's kind of been my, it's kind of been my background with more in basketball, but you hear the, of the, the Reggie Millers of the world is like, hey, the next shot's always going. There's never a doubt in their mind. Well, you don't hear baseball guys think like that. It's it's just a different mentality. You know you're set up to fail. It's it's too tough, but you got to keep the mental piece going and grinding through that. And I just love watching my kids go through that process of failing and taking the next step forward, or maybe it's a step back and then it's two forward. And it just it helps them. I just love the maturity that I see out of that. Well, you're obviously extremely involved in a very positive way with your kids. Um, I, I, I know that, and, and, and you're, you're doing a great job with them. But I'm sure you hear the stories about parents who get too involved, who lose control. We've seen now, and, and I'm going to be talking over the next few weeks on my weekly radio show, with some referees who've been attacked by, by fathers at games. Um, because when one at a baseball game where uh, a father knocked down a, a, an umpire who was disabled and another where a, a father came to a high school game and attacked the co- slapped the coach because his son wasn't playing. What do you see in youth sports today that's led to some of that? I, I don't know if you see, if you see these types of behaviors where you are, but we're seeing them around the country quite a bit. What do you think is leading to that? Because you're obviously, you, you've got a healthy and, attitude and perspective on things what, what's your what's your i think there's a false reality of what truly is out there and what expectations are um I, there was a stat i heard probably about five years ago back when i was still coaching high school basketball and there's kids and parents that they're pushing their kids so hard athletically to get a scholarship and the stat i had heard was I, I talked to the parents and I said, there's a, there's 386% more money available on the academic side. Exactly. If you push the kid that hard in his academics, you want to talk about getting free college, push it there. Um, but it's, it's that expectation of sports, sports will be the, my kid's path. And you know what, for some that works, but it's so few and far between. And, uh, 
I just think there's a false expectation of reality that, or a sense of, of pride that kids that don't even want to go B2 or NAIA, or there's a lot of good, great basketball out there, but it's like B1 or bust, or it's like an entitlement piece, or it's a label of, I got to go D1. I'm like, you're not getting to the league if you're not even getting D1 offers very likely. Um, so what, just what are we doing here? You're setting your kid up to fail um, by not promoting the right things, uh, in my opinion. And it's just, it's become a money grab. Money, money can create all sorts of people. Uh, too many cans in the cookie jar instead of focusing on truly developing kids from the, from skills to um, be, so right now I'm coaching um, Bennett's baseball team. A weekend tournament can cost over $700. And that's your seventh grader. For a seventh grader. Well, and it's down to third and fourth grade. I mean, down at seven, eight U. And it just seems, I get it because you have to, you have to pay umpires more because there's so few, the demand is there. Um, but it just seems silly that there's so much money going into these things when, I don't want to sound like the old man screaming at the cloud here, but what happened to the days of just going and playing ball out in the sandlots and the, down the little league fields? And well, let me let me ask now. this let me ask this question, okay? Because I, I live in Kansas City, as everyone knows who listen to the show, and I've talked about this forever. I don't remember the last time I drove past a grade school or a park and saw a group of kids out there playing when they're not at a practice with parents telling them what to do or coaching. Yeah. Where I know when I grew up, I'm 68. When I grew up, the grade school was three houses up the street from me. And my, my friends and I would always go up there and play baseball. We'd play 500. We'd play basketball in my driveway, the wraparound driveway. We'd play football up there. After school, even after it, it, even high school, after football or basketball practices, we still do that type of stuff. You, you don't see that anymore because everything's structured and organized. So one of the concerns I have when I get your thoughts on this is that kids aren't given the opportunity to just go play and create on their own. They're constantly instructed. And my concern is, as they get to be older, how are they going to learn how to do things on their own? Because they're always going to expect everybody to guide them through it. I want to get your thoughts on that. No, you're absolutely right. I think, uh, and I've learned, I've been on the other side of that as a coach, where you find that you are structuring too much and they become robotic. Because it's like, well, I need to go set a screen here. I need to go here. And the whole time you're like, did you realize his defender fell down and he was wide open? Well, that wasn't part of the next progression of the motion offense or whatever. Um, you can structure kids so much that they become robots. They don't know how to play freely. They don't, it's, it actually creates anxiety of, I don't know how to just play. And, and if I can interrupt you right there, I want to inter interrupt you really quick because you're hitting on something that's very sensitive to me. I, I've co-wrote, written a book, as I, I know you know, called Just Let Him Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes mm -hmm. Through Sports with Kansas City Royals Hall of Famer Jeff Montgomery and the USA Swimming uh, Hall of Fame coach Peter Malone. And the book is called Just Let Him Play, Guiding Parents, Coaches, and Athletes Through Sports. It's not called Just Let Him Win. Because we, what, and we've, the book's now been out for about five years. People can get on Amazon, get on my website, it's been called the Bible of Youth Sports by Ben Sherwood and Mojo Sports because we talk in there about exactly what you're saying. Youth sports has become this multi-billion dollar business, you know, and everything is organized and structured. You've, you've got trophies, ribbons, 
plaques given to four and five year olds, participation trophies, all this type of stuff. And but but there are people making money, and you hit it on the head. There's there's always somebody making money because somebody has to make those trophies, design those those get those tournaments structured, get the fees, pay everybody, get the the, the fees to sign up for the tournaments. It's all about the money, and we're seeing an increased terrible level of burnout now amongst youth athletes by the time most of them reach age 12 the majority i think it's over 80 percent was one of the the surveys i saw have quit because they're burned out most of them are burned out now some going to specialize in one sport some going to other activities but there's a real high burnout level of kids around age 12 which you you mentioned your son bennett what's he's seventh grade so he's about what 13 14 years of age and i'm guessing a lot of the kids that he's played sports with uh, maybe have dropped out or switched other things at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, perfect example is uh, Bennett has a classmate um, that played on a, another competitive team in the past, a, kind of a rival of ours. And they played every weekend from middle of April through late July, mid, mid-July probably practicing uh, also with what we have a, a league game on every Wednesday night. Plus they are, they were practicing at least two to three times a week. And this kid loves baseball more than Bennett likes baseball. And uh, he was desperate to get off that team because he was, I mean, you're treating it like, I mean, majors, you're going six days a week, but that's your job. These are kids, and it just sucks the joy of the game out. And I love baseball. It's a beautiful game, but it just sapped the joy because it became like a job. And, and yeah, and that's, and that's the problem right now. Excuse me. That, that's the problem right now is you, you hit it right on the head. The joy is being taken out. It's being sucked out of the game by, by organizations and adults because they're looking, well, you've got talent, you know, if we really get somewhere, we could get to the Little League World Series or whatever it might be. Several years ago, there was a, a AAU basketball tournament in Memphis, and it was for different ages. And this is one of the impetus behind my writing my book, because a reporter uh, from one of the major magazines went to the tournament to report on it and brought his second grade son. And he interviewed uh, or the, he watched the second grade team from New York play. They lost in the quarterfinals. And these are second graders. After the game, the coach was yelling at the kids about how they didn't play well and they screwed everything up. And he goes, I've got to coach you like 14-year-olds, not second graders. That's absurd. I mean, why would you coach second graders like 14-year-olds? They're second graders. I mean, to them, they're probably more interested in going out and getting ice cream afterwards than they are winning or losing. Well, there's a there's a – on this baseball team that I'm currently coaching right now, I had a conversation. We have a great group of parents, a legitimately great group of parents. And we were, I was saying the biggest issue and struggle I have with this group of boys is truly navigating the balance between letting them, I don't want to say goof off, but just letting them, let them have their personality and also maintaining a little bit of focus because if they are focused, they're fantastic. They're really good. But if you push that button a little bit too hard and too often, it gets draining. They're not professionals. They're still kids. 
And there's a time and a place we maybe bring them in and say, hey, I need 15 minutes of your undivided attention. Let's be sharp. Let's be focused. I can't, I can't, I can't live with my foot on the gas with this group of boys. And it's unfortunate because you see that with, and again, this is from my own failures, failures learning this um, with maybe my oldest son and another group of kids in the past or my daughter. And uh, I'm growing and maturing in this area as well. That I, You just can't push kids to the level that they're professionals because they're not. They truly are just still kids. They're super awkward in seventh grade. Half the kids have gone through puberty. The other half hasn't. Um, you just really need to find that balance of let's push them a little bit, but let's also let them play a little bit now the other point i was thinking was i've had this conversation with my daughter um very talented basketball player but i've had to come to the reality and also the conversations with her are i can't want this more than you because i see all her potential at 510 to 511 as a point guard athletic i can't want you to go get your workouts in more than you're willing to sacrifice for otherwise she's going to see it as a chore or a burden. And she'll burn burn out. She'll burn out. Yeah, absolutely. And she's only a freshman. So I just, I'll make suggestions like, Hey, you should probably get your workout in. Make sure you get that after school. And at some point she's just got to own it. And if she does it, great. Cause she wanted to, if she doesn't, I can't want like, so it's just, that's for me. I can't want it for you. So where do you, where do you find, where do you find the balance for your, for yourself? as a parent in that situation, where, where do you finally say, okay, I've got to put the onus on her. I can sort yep. of be in the background and be a little bit of a guide or, or just, just a buffer, but I've got to leave it up to her. But then there may be a time here or there where you got to push, yeah. but, but you've got to sort of let her yeah, take there is, ownership. There is that time and place. And I think the the hard part is for me, I'm not just a dad. And when I'm talking basketball stuff, I have 11 years of high school coaching experience, four of collegiate coaching experience. So it's like, okay, this is coach talking to you now. These, this, is the, this is the structure you need for this summer for you to accomplish the goals that we've talked about that you want to accomplish. And then this is up to you to do this. I'm willing and able to come out um, and help you as much as you need. You also have three brothers that will rebound for you, do whatever. Just, we work together there but I am not going to be the disciplinarian dad that's cracking the whip. Um, I'll ask you, but if you say no, I just, I'm just going to keep on moving um, because I value my relationship with my daughter and all my kids more than I want you to be great at this point. Um, if you want it, I'll be there to remind you. Um, and that's, I just say that from the, again, I learned through when my oldest son, we have a great relationship, but I was really hard on him. Um, unfairly hard on him and i feel a lot of dads when they're coaching they're either hard on their kids or they're the stereotype of my kid plays shortstop he's the point guard he's this and cater to them um i went the other way where i was far too hard on my oldest son um and it got to the point about time he was 11 12 me and the other coach would say hey i'm not going to coach my kid anymore can you just take him and i'll take yours and it just was a fair, a better balance for us. Uh, I'm just that way. I'm not harsh on my kid, um, because you, it's that it's a hard line to navigate with your dad and coach. Uh, you got to do it. I want to be a better dad in a long term 
father, someday sports will be done for all of us. And uh, it's, how, how did how did, does that affect your relationship with him now? Oh, it was. I remember the last the last basketball game I coached, um, doing AAU basketball in eighth grade. We both cried because we knew it was over. Um, I was done doing high school. Um, yeah, and it was, it was sad. Um, I kind of had always had the dream that I coached my kids through high school as well, and it just didn't happen. But it's just one of those deals where I knew it was the end. Um, I still go out with them to. Um, we'll go out and we'll hit in the cage or um, I'll rebound for them, things like that. But as far as being on the sideline with them, knowing that piece was over, it was very difficult. And I know he really liked me as a coach because he knew that I would push him um, and his teammates. And we squeezed about every drop as we could out of that group. And um, But it was very, it was a time for new voices for them too, uh, that group of boys. They were very good and uh, it's just some, sometimes it's time for new voices. But you recognized, I, I, I want to give you credit because you recognized I need to step back. So that, and that I see with a lot of people, they have trouble doing that and re- relinquishing control to someone else because they think, well, I know what's best for my, my son or my daughter, not you. And it's hard to give that up. So let me ask you th- this question. Uh, a, as a parent and, and, and a, a father and a coach, where have you been able to draw the line between those two things to where, you know, you need, you need to step back as a coach and be more of a parent or be more of a co- coach than a parent. Where, where do you draw that line? Um, so we have, when I'm a coach, like even back when Cameron, Cameron's my 16 year old, when he was little, we kind of set a rule. If I would wear my hat forward, I would give him instruction. And I'm always wearing a hat in the summer and he would say, dad, can you turn your hat off backwards or take it off? And that meant, I just want to play catch with my dad. And I encouraged him like, you have permission to say, please don't talk mechanics with me right now. I just want to, I just want to spend time with my dad. And how did you handle, how did you handle that as his, as his coach and father? So for me, I had to make a choice before the, it was, my dad taught me this, like, when I was a high school kid, if you wait to make a decision in the moment when you're immature, a lot of times you're going to make the wrong decision because it's impulsive and you're not, it's not really thought out. So in those situations, it was, what do I value? Do I value my kid getting better and being great more than I value the relationship with my kid? And it was, no, I want a relationship with my son far more than I want him to be great at his sport. So if he would say, can we just, can you take your hat off? He's just saying, I just want to play catch with you, Dad. And uh, he wants to goof around and play. And I was like, yes, I, I value this more than the mechanic stuff and all the other stuff we were working on. And But there was a time and place. He's a, even to this day, he's a tinker. He's always the, the latest pitch that you see in major leagues is a sweeper. And he's on YouTube looking at videos. Of, I want to figure out how to throw a sweeper. So we'll go out and we'll just work on stuff because he just loves to do that. But there's a time and a place. And if he just wants to, hey, can we just long toss? Which I don't need more because my shoulder never recovered from a couple summers ago doing it with him. Uh, being a dad is priority. And it has to be. So I think that's great advice to give people. That, that, 
really, I think that makes a lot of sense. Now, one more question I've got for you before we wrap things up today. The difference between coaching your son and your daughter, what's that like? <laughs> but your sons, um, yeah, three. So I've never coached girls until last summer. And I talked to several other high school coaches and got some great advice. Um, so the state of Iowa has some rules. And basically, there's limited on contact days you can have. So um, since I'm not affiliated with anything in girls' sports, like girls' basketball, I can coach this group of girls and it has been an absolute blast, but it's very different. Um, and one the best piece of advice I got was a guy that's coached girls for well over two decades. He said, boys just want to know your competence. They want to know you can actually help them get better. Girls want to know they can trust you. They don't want to be embarrassed. And I've crossed that line with my own daughter where I'm like, I embarrassed her. Because you can say things to boys, and it's jokey. It's not funny to girls sometimes. Um, just the other day, um, I was talking about where we need to set this screen at on this set we were running. And I wanted it set up right on the, basically on the right butt cheek. And I backhanded my daughter on the rear right there. And she's like, yeah, I didn't appreciate that. Because I wouldn't do that to anybody else. And as soon as I did it, she kind of looked at me. I'm like, I got the, I got the. 15 year old side eye and I'm like don't do that a guy they're like boys don't care so it's a little it's it's been 99% great um but girls and boys are just different and it's, it's a good difference but it's just I have 18 20 years doing boys um one one year and a month under my belt of coaching girls so a little bit different so I've got three definitions for you I'd like you to give us before we wrap things up tonight. First, what's your definition of winning? Oh, man. Um, if we're sticking to youth sports, um, I think it's a bar, like at the high school varsity level, your goal is to put W's up, like winning on the scoreboard. Um, but a youth sport pre-varsity, it's got to be development. Kids getting better year over year. I'm a firm believer that when kids get better at their sport, when they actually feel progress, like I'm getting better skills and better IQ, emotional intelligence, all those things, they fall in love with the game. They'll come back out again. Um, so even like our baseball team, we're, like I said, Bennett's group's really good. Um, and I say that modestly, but they're really good. Our goal is to be only a few games over 500 and peaking at the end of the year so we can win the state tournament. If we're not losing, we're not getting stressed. We're not being, learning to deal with failure. So um, I would say individual and team development in all those areas, both physical, mental, emotional. Um, it's a big thing with 13-year-olds right now. You don't get to cry when you strike out. You don't get to get upset when you make an error. Like, you can be frustrated, but you don't you're not allowed to lose self-control. That's part of maturing. So I think all those kind of things are part of winning um, because the long game is winning at the high school level. They want to win state championships in high school, all that. But we got to build towards that. This is a step to that. Um, I've told my kids and many of the teams I've coached in the past that no one remembers your six big trophies. You're not going to remember those. So we're not all about peaking early and great. You dominated as a 12-year-old. You're going to remember what you did with your classmates and your high school buddies. We want to play for that someday. 
So what, what's your definition of losing? Um, put me on the spot. This would have been better if you scripted this for me. Uh, I think losing when you have that in reverse, when your priorities are backwards, when development is not the focus, when winning at all costs is the focus. Um, winning, ma manipulating the scoreboard covers a lot of the bad behaviors and symptoms that may be underlying. And I'm more, again, my background has been in sales for years. So we always focus on the, I call it the leading indicators, the behaviors that you're doing um, system, uh, systematically over and over. And it's the same with your sports. It's like you have to have a consistent process of behaviors of development. And if you get those backwards, like I'm putting, I'm throwing this kid 170 pitches over this weekend to get a, to win, you're doing nothing but inflating your own ego to say, tell your buddies at work the next week you won the tournament. And, but you didn't do any favors for those kids. So when you put, uh, put yourself as, put yourself ahead of the kids' development, I would say is, is losing. Last one, self-confidence. Um, learning to do that, hard things. You know, that, that, to me, that's the foundation of everything in sports. Um, I heard a definition sometime, they, they define the word fun. And it's amazing how when you have self-confidence, how it's easier to have fun. And I think uh, preparation is important, but learning to do the things that were once hard and doing them well, that's fun. And that's, that's where confidence comes from, is when you start doing the things that were once hard, you learn to prepare yourself, you've done the work to have the success on whatever field or court you're playing on. Um, confidence comes from preparation. Well, Caleb C., I want to thank you for joining us tonight. I think it's been great comments, and I really love your perspective on this. You, you've obviously got four kids who you obviously love very much, and, are, and they're obviously very successful at what they're doing. Sounds like whether they're playing sports or not. I think they've, they've got a wonderful dad teaching them things, and I'm sure your, your wife probably helps out on that as well. So I want to thank you yeah. for being with us tonight. If people like to get a hold of you, how can they reach you? Uh, probably via email would be the best. Um, I'm on Twitter and Facebook, LinkedIn, those places as well. So if you want me, I can share my email address if you want. Uh, sure, go ahead. Caleb, C-A-L-E-B, C-A-L-E-B-S-I-E-H at gmail.com. Well, I, I think your kids are lucky to have you as their dad. I think you're doing a great job. And I, I talked to so many different people from so many different perspectives. And obviously, you get it and you you understand and you you, you, you've caught yourself when you've done some things you probably shouldn't do. And you've recognized that. And that with each of your successive kids, sounds like you've been learning to help them out even more. So thank you so much for joining us, sharing your story with us tonight. This has been great. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Andy. You know, if, if you enjoyed this conversation, please visit my website, winnersunlimited.com, where you can click on the podcast tab and you'll find out more information on how you can succeed in sports and everyday life. That's winnersunlimited.com. Thank you very much.